Refugee. Refugee Radio, 855 AM, 3CR. We want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land who we are broadcasting from, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and respect the elders past, present and emerging and their ongoing struggle. Welcome to Refugee Radio this week on 3CR. We're going to be start the program with listening to some recordings from the Union for Refugees event that happened last weekend. This is Care of Solidarity Breakfast, which you can hear every Saturday from 7.30 to 9am. I'm here for the Unions for Refugees barbecue. Let's uh, go in and check it out. I am came from for my friend in still in detention center. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I am always support for them, and I am still keep support when I go there. I am we are in support always our friends. Mm, but eight years is not not short time. This is the too far, too long and too pain mm-hmm. for our friend still in detention center more than eight years now. I'm mm, really very hard very hard to stay in detention center because I know the feeling because I am also eight years in detention center. The one one message for the government, please release them and they are the human being, they are all look like families and they have a family. They have to see them family and to, to they have to life. They have a life. Please release them and this is the one message for the government really. So what do you think of the event tonight then? Tonight I'm um, re- really happy to be in here because uh, one of the event uh, they invite um, Chris Bean. <laughs> really wonderful. We are, you know, I am in living in Sydney but last night I came here for the, this event. Oh wow. <laughs> so Travelled travel all the way from Sydney? Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. Um, really, really happy to be here and uh, um, I'm united and all together. What do you make of tonight? Yeah, what, what brings you out here? Mm, basically, um, my name is Thanos mm-hmm. and uh, I released after four, um, I got my freedom four months ago after being in definite detention eight years. Um, when I got my freedom, uh, still now, I always gave my voice to my friends who still being in definite detention because uh, I know the pain of being in detention is very hard and painful. That's the thing only I, I continuously doing. And another thing, who support to my friends for me, uh, still they have been fighting for our rights, but I always give support to them as well. And um, I'm, I'm living in Sydney now, but I come came for tonight in here for barbecue and um, share my experience what happened now mm-hmm. after God freedom and uh, how is this being in temporary detention how is part of it that's the thing now if you travel from Sydney what do you think of this event this is so so exciting and and happiness but people are still loving us and continuously they're doing their great job this is um, Really, freedom is amazing and wonderful. I always wanted to, no one going to throw this again like me, being in definite detention with no reason. It's very hard and painful. Um, I always wanted to, my friends also should be released to the community like me. Did you want to 
introduce yourself? Or? Uh, yeah, my name's Camille and um, uh, I've been coming to the daily protests um, outside the Park Hotel since probably December last year and I just really believe that the government is treating you know the refugees really appallingly actually and so I, I feel like it's not illegal well it's actually not illegal to seek asylum and you know um, I'm here because I believe that the men and the women who have sought asylum and are refugees um, you know need to be supported and the government doesn't support them at the moment so yeah so it's a, just a, a cause we go to the daily protests like most nights um, and that's outside the Park Hotel and, um, and then we work we go to the um, I go to the RAC meeting so they're every Monday night and you know I'm just dipping my toe in and, and seeing what little kind of what support I can offer um, you know to just help the people who are you know in need really so what brings you out to tonight's event specifically? Uh, specifically tonight, it's a fundraiser and it, um, you know when I was working, because I've retired now, but when I was working I used to be a unionist and I was a um, unionist for the Australian um, Education Union and um, you know I just think it's important to, you know, when I can just show solidarity to um, the men and women who are here, um, probably don't have very much money because the government doesn't supply them with very much money and um, you know and particularly support the newly released um, refugees from the Park Hotel and um, you know because I think you know they deserve to be supported really you know uh, as I said before it's not illegal to seek asylum so why should we be treating these men and women like criminals? For you, why are refugees union business? Well, the union's about, you know, solidarity with fellow human beings. The union is about our rights to stand up and, you know, um, demand rights for a fair day's work, for a fair day's pay, basically. So I think that the unionists really, I think we need to be involved as unionists or as an ex-unionist, I need to be involved in um, supporting people who have less advantage than myself and, and other unionists, really. You know, so it's about kind of spreading the love, I suppose. Did you want to leave any other short statements? It'd be good if people wanted to support the current refugees who are in the Park Hotel. The daily protests are um, weekdays, 5.30 to 6.30, 701 Swanson Street, Carlton, and weekends at 3pm. That's all I want to say, but it'd be great if we had more people. Thanks very much, Geordie. Oh, no, no, thanks. <laughs> You're listening to Solidarity Breakfast on 3CR 855 AM and online at 3cr.org.au. I hope you're enjoying your morning so far. We are currently halfway through some recordings from the Unions for Refugees barbecue, which was run at Trades Hall on April the 28th. There was lots of union representation there on the night and a pretty sizable crowd too, probably coming for more than just the barbecue. After some falafel cooked on the night, I set up my gear to record the speeches of the two refugees, Ramsey and Dinesh, who were both recently released after eight years in offshore detention. Stick around and listen closely to their speeches. Chris Breen from the Refugee Action Collective led the speeches. Uh, but now I do want to hand over to the refugees who we are here to welcome. And really, this should be the world that we live in, 
where people who are, are fleeing horrendous circumstances are welcome with open arms. It's not that world, it's one we have to fight for. Uh, they spoke also today at my union council, the AEU. Uh, they spoke at Trades Hall. Please make Ramsey welcome. Thank you for inviting us. Um, really happy to be here. APS in Detention Center after release, really very happy. My friend is still in Detention Center, Mendra, sorry, Park Portal and Brisbane. People are still, they are exchanged the location. They didn't give the permanent solution for us. They give the six month visa for us. It's still, we are three months finished, but we still have a paperwork. But I don't know after six months what can you do. And I don't know six months after past eight years life, we, we can't rebuild our life. You know, eight years is not short time. This is a long time. When I came here 22 years, I am now 30, 30 years old. Now it's going to, everything is online system and everything is going to uh, high level. We, we can catch up easily, really very hard. But still in, still in detention center, after think about them, how do you, how do you the, make the life after release? Please help them and keep support for us, keep fighting for our freedom, my friend freedoms. I am always, always my make, make my voice my friends, but still no more solution. Now, really very, very hard, very hard time and keep supporting for us and keep fighting for us. We need your support always and united and thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, really, I, I have to say something, but uh, really very hard to say after talk about our friends in detention center, really. I know the feel because when I was in detention center, I am down straight, some of the friends release and they are happy, but I am in detention center, I know the pain, more pain. This is always when I was in there, really I know the pain, that's why I give the voice and keep supporting for them. But you are also keep support and united and thank you so much. Give the opportunity. Keep supporting for us. Thank you so much. Thank you uh, so much, Ramsey. Uh, Ramsey came here under the Medivac uh, legislation. He has uh, shrapnel in his shoulder and in his uh, head. Uh, he was in Australia's care for eight years and that was never treated. Uh, doctors said the shrapnel could be removed from his shoulder uh, quite easily and after eight years and coming under Medivac, it is a, a damning in indictment uh, of Australia's detention regime. Uh, our next speaker, Danish, uh, is free now and he is still feeding, fighting for the freedom of his friends. Please make him welcome. Thank you guys. Thanks for inviting me and Ramsey as well. But, and everywhere, me and Ramsey going to share our story for everyone because people have to know about our situation, who we are. Each time we share our story, but that's not story for us. This is our painful life in eight years of 
my life were taken from them everyone have the personal uh, story especially ramsi he has lost his all family members when sri lanka is war 2009 but this no one is listen to them but he came to australia seeking asylum and safety but unfortunately they were took him to me as well to took to took the island we were spend our 8 years of my life in detention it's with no reason we were punished by authorities this is unacceptable this is very hard a thing being in temporary detention with no reason i couldn't imagine how is being is very hard to be after after 8 years we got freedom but we got that freedom with because of your guys your guys make action people comes to know about our situation that's the thing we got the freedom and after 8 years we got the 6 month visa this is not the solution with 6 uh, month visa we going to for interview or job the company are always expecting the permanent visa holder with very difficult to find the job uh, with permanent job is very hard thing to do this is a not story this is a real i i felt that in my life in sydney or melbourne but all the company are expecting the permanent visa holder they are expecting that's right but we got after 8 years permanent we got the temporary visa this is not solution and when i was in manus manus island i transferred to australia for medical treatment i i did not get the treatment but my, my treatment is all i affected with mentally when i was in manus then i transferred to australia they they bring to me to australia put in the hotel room with no fresh air and sunlight this is the not treatment who 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 affected with mentally this is more going this is situation make make me more worse that that time then we always continuously fighting for our freedom and you guys also make action people comes to know our situation finally i got freedom hi this is rafiz ziada and you're listening to 3cr pro palestinian happily proud radio here on refugee radio on 3cr and you're just listening to some recordings from the unions for refugees event from last weekend We're going to be listening to an interview done by Asia Pacific Currents around all the events and catastrophes happening in Palestine. You can listen to Asia Pacific Currents every Saturday at 9am. This is Asia Pacific Currents with Pierre and Giselle. Our guest this morning is Reem Yunus, who uh, listeners of APC will be very familiar with. She's a Palestinian, a socialist and an educator and a regular commentator on this show about the situation in Palestine. Welcome to the show, Reem. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Of course, the reason that we um, invited you on the show was because today is the anniversary of Nakba. But since we invited you, the situation has deteriorated significantly in Palestine. Can you tell us what is happening? Um, uh, certainly, uh, the situation has been brewing since the start of this year, at least since the start of this year. Um, the problem there is. Um, an eastern jerusalem uh, neighborhood called sheikh jarrah where the 28 families are threatened uh, 
to be evicted, um, to give their homes that they lived in since 1956, according to the United Nations. It was given to them after they were ethnically cleansed from 1948 Palestine, their own town, which is now called Israel. And uh, they were given this land since 1956 by the UN, and the Jordanian government gave it to them. And the uh, court uh, uh, always sides with the, um, the settlers, the Israeli settlers, uh, because it is part of a long-standing uh, tradition and policy within the um, Israeli um, uh, society. Uh, I mean, government is to uh, to Judaize uh, Jerusalem as best as they can, uh, um, and also they want to actually uh, ethnically cleanse uh, the Palestinians, if they can, from all of the West Bank and Gaza uh, eventually. That's their dream, and they've been doing that. Um, something uh, similar to what you say, um, you know, the water and the frog boiling slowly. I, don't, I can't uh, repeat that metaphor, but this is how it is. Um, and so when we say Nakba, which means the greatest catastrophe of 1948, which is um, announced, which was announced back in 15th of May 1948, and it was recognized by the world's biggest power as powers at the time until now, uh, we are actually talking about an ongoing Nakba for Palestinians. Originally, this was supposed to be a commemoration. But then, because of the evictions of these families, who are now not only 28, they are in the hundreds, because imagine Palestinian generations being, uh, uh, living there. Uh, and this Sheikh Jarrah is so strategic, uh, because this neighborhood is exactly less than one kilometer away from the walls of the ancient old city of Jerusalem, where all the walls of the ancient city, where all the holy sites are, uh, including Al-Aqsa Mosque. So this is very strategic. In the same time, it is not just a human catastrophe for these families. Palestinians all over Palestine, whether be it the Palestinians of 1948, who uh, are now called Israeli citizens, or the Palestinians in Gaza, or the Palestinians in uh, the West Bank, uh, or the Palestinians in Jordan and all over the diaspora, we all recognize that as ethnically cleansing uh, Jerusalem in particular, which uh, has an important stuff. Now, the development happened because Israel was angered by the, um, the global uh, solidarity with the Palestinians. Palestinians en masse went to uh, uh, protest uh, around the homes of these 28 families uh, saying day and night in sit-ins and protests. And these protests spilled over till Ramadan started uh, last, uh, during May, as you know. And uh, Ramadan is a holy month for the Muslims. Uh, so the Israelis in retaliation to all this, um, uh, you know, the global anger and the Palestinians' unruly behavior, as they see it, they, they uh, decided to closed with barricades uh, the um, Al-Aqsa compound um, uh, from uh, Palestinians under the guise of we, we don't want clashes between the far-right, uh, extreme-right uh, 
Israeli settlers and the Palestinians, but it's in fact it's uh, a way of uh, their way of trying to rule us. And the Palestinians still defeated that kind of um, behavior. And since the last few days of Ramadan, they managed to actually um, uh, remove, uh, like force Israel to remove these metal barricades um, and considered it uh, actually uh, uh, a victory for them. What also spilled over from that is... <clears throat> is because of that public anger from the Palestinians over the, the Jerusalem, as I said, which is a very emotional issue. Like, I'm telling you, I've seen even pictures of priests and Christians from Palestine going in solidarity and carrying pro protest uh, uh, placards uh, against the occupation of the Al-Aqsa Mosque uh, compound. So this is uh, uh, spilled over into... Uh, anger from Israel about this. And the, uh, in a cynical uh, step, the Hamas started to throw um, rockets at Israel. Uh, let's put, make it clear in the eyes and ears of every person in our audience, these rockets are primitive. They kill no one. They damage no property. Actually, there, there was almost like negligible numbers uh, of, of injuries or fatalities there, whereas Israel, uh, using that guide, uh, started to, to terrorize God. People caved in under siege for 14 years uh, from the Egyptian border and the Israeli border. So there is no way for these two, two million people to escape. They live in a 360-kilometer-square-tight uh, piece of land, and uh, the human catastrophe on them is already bad because of the siege, and now they are turned into rubble. So that is the situation, and that is uh, quickly volatile and quickly escalating because Israel finds the way to uh, get itself... Um, uh, maybe their uh, prime minister to get maybe re-elected or something, or maybe to gain some um, sympathy from the world, they try to start this offensive, because it is the weakest link, yep. Gaza. Um, but the, the, the mass protests are continuing. Sorry. Uh, no, I no, that, that's all right. Just a, a, um, We've got about um, seven minutes to go. Just thanks for that roundup. That was very... Um, very good. Um, just a couple of questions about the Palestinian protester. I would say that one of the interesting um, issues now is the fact that a lot of the, well, not just a lot, um, there's been mass Palestinian protests within Israel as well, which is probably um, something relatively new. What do you think the political outcome of, of this or the implications are going to be in the future? Well, uh, I want to correct uh, your information, guys, it is not new. Yes, it, it, it erupts in, like, uh, every few years. These Palestinians in the so-called Israel, which is 1948 Palestine to me, um, these Palestinians never accepted the, the occupation. Yes, because they are under so much um, uh, oppression, being uh, the, the, the minority over there and under very oppressive laws, um, they have been standing up maybe during the first uh, uh, 
the very first intifada before the official first intifada in 1976, which was called the Lamb Day. It actually started from 1948 Palestine. Um, so the, I think what it, it tells me in all these, um, uh, if you like, intifada, small intifadas that they do over there, it, it angers the Israelis even more because it tells them even those who are living amongst you never accepted you as, um, as a state. You are actually, they still consider you their occupiers and their oppressors. Um, actually, the, the apartheid is very obvious over there. Like, you can't visit um, a hospital uh, because the, Isra- the Israeli women, let's say, in, in, in the, let's say in the maternity ward, they will want the, the doctors to meet the Palestinian women of Israel yeah, uh, in, in another shift, other than the shift that they go to meet their doctor. I'm talking, I'm telling you just one little example of the apartheid they feel. So they never felt as citizens, and Israel cannot claim that it is a, a democracy um, when in, in actuality there are at least 40 laws that distinguish between the Israel, what they call us Israeli Arabs, but we're actually the Palestinians, uh, who stayed there, and the uh, the rest of um, the other uh, Israelis under that democracy. So the implications is, um, as you wanted to put it, is that we are all united, we are all one people, whether uh, we are in 1948 Palestine or Gaza or Jerusalem or uh, in the diaspora, like here in Australia, in Europe, in America, in Jordan, in all the Arab world, and actually... We will never stop feeling that as long as our uh, rights, including the right of return, um, are not heard. Yep, um, that, that's great. Thanks. All right. As a, as a last question, um, the, what do you think these protests or what do you think will happen to the Palestine Authority? Because um, as an outsider, they seem to be um, sidelined by all these protests and not really being able to um, intersect or control or guide them. Do you think uh, it might be the end of them? Uh, that's a brilliant question, and it came in the right time, uh, Pierre, because um, actually both Hamas and the Palestinian Authority have uh, no legitimate authority anymore, um, and they are not democratically elected since at least 10 years. And I would like our listeners to know that there is, um, other than the popular protests and popular movement that you have, there is a new campaign uh, that being lo- has been launched since the end of 2020, uh, 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 and it was uh, championed, and it is still going on. It will really be uh, launched officially on the 22nd of May. Uh, that is one week from now. And it's, this campaign is called the National Palestinian Campaign to Rebuild uh, the Palestinian uh, National the Palestinian Liberation Organization, which is the PLO. We want the PLO to be to go back as it was, the PLO that fights Israel, the PLO who never recognized Israel as a state and never engaged in the Oslo. We want to scrap the Oslo. We want um, to call for the right of return and our right of resistance. Uh, this campaign has been uh, going on, and... Um, 
I'm happy that you asked this question. Yes, definitely, the Palestinian Authority is uh, is, is sidelined, and the the emotions of people uh, and the strength of the people on the street now is much much bigger than them. Reem, thank you. Thank you so much for your time on the program. I'm just going to advertise the demonstration in Melbourne today, but for listeners right across Australia and the world, there will be solidarity rallies with Palestine in Melbourne. It is from one o'clock today at the State Library, so please get out there today. Reem, thank you so much for your time today. And there is also next week as well, now rally for Palestine. What are the details of that one? Uh, again, 1 p.m. Uh, in front of the State Library, 22nd of May, next next Saturday. Thank you so much. That Thank was, you so much for having me. That was Reem Yunus, a Palestinian socialist and educator, talking about the situation in Palestine. As you can see, the need for solidarity is desperate and it's urgent. We've come to the end of Refugee Radio this week on 3CR. We'll be back next week. And remember that Radiothon is coming up in June. 3CR's annual Radiothon fundraiser launches in June, and this year we're asking you to be part of community-powered radio. It's only with your support that we're able to be independent, community-controlled, and focused on people rather than profits. Your support during Radiothon powers the station to give voice to hundreds of people and issues for another year. And remember, any amount you can afford makes a big difference, and all donations over $2 are tax-deductible. 3CR Radiothon. Show your support during June 2021. 3CR Community Powered Radio. 